It's your girl, Marisa, and you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast is sponsored in part by Holy Grail Clothing Company, an American lifestyle brand presented by the Regal Brand Incorporated. Discover high-quality handcrafted essentials from their collections for men, women, and children. Podcast subscribers can take 15% off their entire purchase with discount code HEARDTHAT15. That's H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5 when they shop the virtual retail store at HolyGrailClothingCompany.com. That's HolyGrailClothingCO.com. Holy Grail Clothing Company, wear your crown. I absolutely love doing volunteer service. I have met the most amazing people and some extraordinary kids as well. The cool thing that kids will always ask for when I am volunteering is books, if we have books available for them to take home because their passion and love for reading. There's an amazing author out there by the name of Trevor Romaine who has such cool books for kids that are fun and awesome with simple stories that kids can relate to and parents as well. The Trevor Romaine Company has a diverse collection of social and emotional learning resources to help children and their families become healthier, happier, and more confident. All heard that, listeners. If you go on trevorromaine.com today, you get an exclusive 15% off your complete order by using the code HEARDTHAT, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5, at trevorromaine.com. Trevor Romaine, no E at the end of Romaine, com today. What's up, Heard That Nation? Listening in the United States and around the world, you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. If you are watching right now on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, share along with your friends and tell them to join in on today's podcast show. I'm beyond thrilled. You all should be familiar with this young man's face, okay? Especially if you are on Instagram and if you're on TikTok, you're following him uh, he has tons of followers. We're going to get into the reason why he has so many followers and what he does. Uh, but trust and believe he has made a lot of people smile during this pandemic. He's a runner. He's a track star. And that is true. For the University of Texas, he's an Olympian. You better look out for his face in Paris in 2024, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm calling it right now. He will be there and he will win a medal. Book it. Claim it. Right now, we are saying that right now on this podcast. I am so excited 
to have with me Charles Brockman III on yes. today's Heard That Podcast. How are you, Charles? Thank you. I'm good. It's an honor to be here. I've been excited listening to a few of your podcasts, and then I get to be on one, so it's awesome. Thank you so much. I'm honored to have you on because, like I said, I'm just beyond excited what you're doing. You, uh, you know, just get fresh back from the Olympic trials. The Olympics just recently wrapped up in Tokyo. Uh, I'm not kidding when I say that people need to look out for you in 2024 in Paris because uh, you are a world of talent. And if people have not been following you, I'm sure by the end or hopefully during this podcast episode, either they're listening or watching, they will be following you at the end um, of, of our show today. And I mean, I, I, I'm not even going to lie with what I, I read people's comments when they are uh, watching your videos, whether it be on TikTok, whether it be on Instagram, or mostly on TikTok. And I tell you what, man, like you have basically are one of the ones that have gotten a lot of people through quarantine. Um, your videos are just absolutely hilarious. But we're going to get into that in a moment because I just you. got so much that I want to okay. dive into, especially the Olympics wrapped up in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, did you get a chance to watch any of it? And if so, uh, which uh, performers, which events besides your specialty, which is the 400 meter hurdles, um, which ones were your favorites? Which uh, athletes, which events did you get to catch? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Olympics every four years um, is like one of the highlights of my summer when I get to sit down and watch it and just like see all of the countries compete and, you know, root for USA and see people that I've actually trained with, ran against, um, or just followed for so long. So I was watching almost every single event, um, cheering on for the country. Um, and I had a few teammates that were there. So it was just really cool and surreal to know that I was at the Olympic trials. And then, you know, this year, um, after last year being, you know, postponed and moved to this year, but it was really exciting. A lot of cool races and, you know, records going down. Like you said, you know, my specialty, the 400 hurdles, I was tuned into that, seeing those records go down. Um, you know, that race was incredible. That yeah, race was, oh my gosh. Incredible. Yeah. I've, I've raced against Rye Benjamin and a few others that were in there. So, you know, it, it's awesome to see that. And it's, you know, an, a goal that I'm aiming for to be right there where they were mm -hmm. this year. And then, you know, 2024 in Paris. Yeah. I, I, I truly enjoyed, I was really impressed with, um, the 400 meter hurdles and Rye Benjamin. And then I watched the 110 hurdles um the four by four relays i mean track is one especially because that's what i used to run i mean you run that now and so i get excited too when i see the summertime events and just you know the first week everybody's talking about the swimming events and you know i dab into that but as soon as they say that the field events are about to start right. I'm, all, I'm all in you know i try to rearrange yes. my work schedule to try to you know get in there and, and watch that and, and everything else uh, with the athletes that you did train with who did you train with uh what did they end up going to tokyo as well yeah at um what well, the university of texas i already have um kind of teammates or volunteer coaches that are professional that went um you know kenny harrison 100 meter hurdler mm -hmm. she is the world record holder um and she got silver and then uh tara davis she was a collegiate athlete she just turned pro she was long jumper um stephen mccarter long jumper tiana daniels She's a sprinter. So, you know, a lot of people that are right there with me training, you know, 
every day that I see and, you know, see the progress, it's really inspiring. And, you know, it, it makes you better once you see your teammates and people that you're around all the time, mm-hmm. you know, putting in that work just as you are and then qualifying and representing us. And I had a few from other countries, so it, it was really cool to root for them and cheer them on because, you know, it's the Olympics. Like when I was younger, I watch it as something that is just like, it's like you're watching a movie. You kind of mm-hmm. feel like it's it's not real, but being older and, you know, actually trying out for it and being right there and really close, it's just like, this is actually, you know, a reality. And, you know, it's just a dream come true to even be in the same room or, you know, same track as those people who I've looked up to, so. That's so awesome. What inspired you to start running and who was your inspirations to, you know, because track and field, especially certain events like me, I did the sprints because they were quick and over and done with. But anything <laughs> right. above 200, I was like, okay, that's not my forte. What inspired you to get involved in the 400 or did you do any other kind of events and then narrowed it down to the 400 uh, hurdles? Yeah, I started, well, I actually played a lot of sports before the age of seven. Mm -hmm. I played uh, t-ball, basketball, you know, a bunch of other things. And I was involved in a lot of things in school. But once I was around six or seven, my cousin was running track. And I went to one of his track meets in the summer, you know, just as the, what we do during the summer, run track and play sports. So we were just like hopping from sport to sport. Yeah. And when we went to his track meet, I just really liked that. And I was like, you know, I, I race people at recess and I win or like in PE class, they always tell me how fast I am. So mm-hmm. um, I was just like, well, you know, I want to try that. And I tried that. And I started off as a sprinter as well. Like I was doing the 200 and the 400 sometimes, you know, I was just, and even the long jump, I was doing the long jump. But when I turned 11, after about four years of, you know, just running track, uh, one of my teammates was a hurdler. And um, I had a few people and the hurdle coach was great. My summer track team, I tried that and my parents were nervous. They were like, you just should stick to running. Like, I don't want (laughs) you to get hurt. But, you know, I was kind of tired of just running and, you know, being on a relay or, you know, people weren't exactly pulling the weight that I wanted them to pull Mm -hmm. as a six-year-old saying that on Mm -hmm. a relay. But um, yeah, I I found the hurdles and found my individual races. And my very first year trying the hurdles, I won at state. I won the gold medal um, when I was 11 or 12. So that's what stuck with me. So ever since then, I've just been doing hurdles and sprinting occasionally whenever the coaches want me to or, you know, a relay. But yeah, I found that and I just stuck with it and ran with it, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who was your who was your inspiration to get involved into running and running track? It would probably be my cousin. I, I didn't have, you know, many um pro athletes that I had looked up to at the time. Now it's a little different because, you know, you study the game and you know who you want to run like or, you know, but at that time, yeah, it was it was my cousin and my family also saying like, hey, try something new, like your cousin is doing it. Um, But then, you know, he was a distance runner. So I wasn't even I was just kind of inspired by hearing that gun go off and seeing him run and then seeing other people on that team. Yeah. Um, so my family and 
everybody else was really supportive. And then once I got a little older, I was, you know, watching people run and, you know, researching Edwin Moses, you know, he's one of the greatest hurdlers. Um, he was undefeated for years. Mm-hmm. He did the 400 hurdles and, you know, had a bunch of records and he, we actually have the same birthday. So once I found that out, it was like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. There's a sign. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was a really cool turning point or sign that I got from that. And, you know, I just have been studying and running and, you know, doing that and really focusing on my craft. Um, But yeah, other than that, I mean, people like Allison Felix and, um, you know, even Rye Benjamin, you know, I raced against him and see how he has improved and, you know, running at the Olympics and, you know, almost getting that, you know, world record at the end. I mean, people in that final race, records were just broken from all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, all over the place. So it's it's amazing how people can, you know, just go from like me, just running just because or just seeing a family member do it to those years of hard work and, you know, mm-hmm. trying for the Olympics, having a great college season or career. And yeah, that's just really what I like about the sport more than any other sport that I've done. People got to realize, too, when you have that opportunity to go to the Olympics, they just don't pick and choose anybody. They say, you know, they just sign anybody up and says, okay, all y'all are going. You have to be really skilled and good at your craft and put a lot of hard work into it. Take me back to when you were there in Oregon and you were at the Olympic trials mm-hmm. and, you know, it's getting off of that plane, realize you're in Oregon and just realize that, Oh my gosh, I have an opportunity of a lifetime to join the United States uh, Olympic team. Take me back to those right. moments when you landed and you were, you know, doing your walkthrough and your warmups and everything else and just being there on the track itself. Yeah, this this season had to be one of the best seasons and, you know, just time of my track career because I actually was there. I made it to nationals. I hadn't made it to nationals um, in a few years. So I finally made it in an individual, you know, the hurdle event. Obviously, last year was canceled because of COVID. So this year, I, you know, trained for that off year and then I made it individually. And Nationals was in Oregon as well, just about a week and a half before trials. So what we did is we got there early and then we just stayed there pretty much the whole month of June. And we stayed there in between right after Nationals and then in between waiting until Olympic trials. So Mm -hmm. nationals, I kind of got the nerves out of my system on that new track in Oregon. And I ran my races, I did great, Um, you know, I had fun. And then after that, uh, we took a few days off and just kind of rested. And then I was kind of getting antsy because like I said, we did stay there and I was there for about six days without competing. I was still training, but some of my other teammates who were competing earlier in the Olympic trials, Mm -hmm. uh, they were just in and out. So I was still there, still just waiting patiently. But um, I think that also kind of made me less nervous or, you know, less pressure because I was thinking, you know, since I've made it this far, why not try my best? Why not? You know, it's just a fun experience. Whatever happens, I'm here, I'm on TV, I'm, you know, making people proud, making myself proud. So that was really, you know, just a great experience to say that I've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was, it was really fun. It was a great meet. Professionals were there, everyone who, I mean, I was walking down the track practicing and, you know, to my right, there's Allison Felix and other, you know, fast people and professionals on the other side. And it's just like, I'm here. So I'm one of them pretty much. 
So that was, it was really cool. And, you know, it was an experience of the lifetime. So I can not wait for the next one. I can't wait either. Cause you got, like I said, you're going to Paris and I'm already Thank proud you. of you in advance. Uh, I, I, the thing that I like to watch when I watch uh, athletes in, in track and field as well is their body language. And with yours, I felt that once you, they, they introduced everybody that was in your heat, you know, and you made it onto the semifinals. But the one thing that I captured from you right there on that track is that you, if you did feel any fear, if you did feel any imitation or intimidation, you didn't show it. Like you felt like that you belonged on that track. Like this is your race, yeah. you go, you moving on, you know, in your mind, you're like, I gotta run my race, I gotta run it right. I have to move on to the next level. And so talk to me uh, about that because, you know, you got athletes that are going to be listening to this and, you know, future um, Olympians such as yourself and, you know, uh, those that go to nationals and anywhere um, around, the, around the world and around the United States that are good at their craft. Uh, talk to me about, you know, putting that mental in check, um, you know, keeping those nerves down and knowing in your head, you're like, okay, I got all these hurdles to jump over or I got to, you know, Make sure I take uh, my time to pace out, you know, if you're doing a long jump or if you're doing gymnastics right. or you're doing swimming or whatever the case, you know, it's always in the mental. You've got to have that good headspace. So, you know, a clarity that you are going to win or you are going to do your best. Right. Yeah, that that is something that I really worked on this year specifically because it was Olympic year, Olympic trial year. Mm -hmm. um, and I just kind of towards the maybe in the beginning of the season, I hadn't ran the 400 hurdles since 2019, I believe, because, um, you know, that was the last outdoor season we had, because once it got to 2020, outdoor season was just canceled completely. So I was mm -hmm. kind of getting the feel back for my race. Um, in the first few races, it was trial and error, um, just kind of nerves and trying to see if I still have it in that race. And, you know, towards the end of the season, I just thought to myself, like, I'm, I keep, um, you know, moving on and, and going further and further than, you know, some people might have even thought I would, or maybe right. I even thought I would. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just to be in that situation, at that point, I was just really telling myself, you just have to run your race, you just have to have fun with it and enjoy it. Because once you focus on enjoying it and having fun, you'll go even, even higher. So, you know, yeah. just, once you had have that expectation of, you know, just doing your best, that's mm -hmm. kind of calming because if I put all the pressure on, you know, I had to run two or three rounds, you know, some track meets it's two or three rounds just for one race. So if I'm thinking about winning Olympic gold at the first Olympic trial prelim race, that's not going to go very well because I'm focused way too far ahead. You got to focus on one event at a time, whether that's right whatever sport you do. So, you know, I was just focusing on having fun. Um, you know, you talked about how I looked on the line. I tried to breathe and just relax. Think that, you know, I deserve to be here. I've raced against these people before. It's nothing new. Um, and there was other college students that were there too. I, there was only a few. I was one of few college students still running at that time. But, you know, I was there and I had ran against a few of them. So we were just like, hey, we've been racing all year. We are good, you know, just have to take it race by race and moving from the prelims to the semifinals, I felt even more confident because I just, you know, the hard part is out of the way, just mm -hmm. running that first race, then you go to the next one and see if you can make the next one. 
And, um, you know, I missed that final by two spots. It was very, very close by the, you know, mm -hmm. milliseconds or whatever, hundreds of a second. But, you know, knowing that I did my best, I think maybe that helps more when you know that you've tried your best other than if you're too nervous or anxious about what's to come and you end up messing up, you're going to have a sour taste in your mouth. So mm -hmm. once I ran and know, you know, I knew that that was the best that I could do at that time after a long season, I was, I was very happy. I was like, you know, it's been a long season. This is as far as I got, I'll go further next time. And right now I'm just going to focus on relaxing and having a good season next year too. I think that's so good. And how I knew and I got to know you is through your mom because you have such a heart for the community. Uh, we have the honor and privilege of serving at Minnie's Food Pantry, Dr. Cheryl Action Jackson being the founder. And your mom has said something to me about you being on social media. And I'm like, okay, well, everybody's on social media. You know, that's great and everything else. I'll check them out. But I did not realize the core following that you have on social media. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, you got 3.5 million on TikTok. You got 35,000 on Instagram. 3.6. Okay, brother got, brother was going up. Let me get it <laughs> corrected. 3.6 million. Uh, and hopefully more afterwards after, you know, everybody is watching and listening to this today. Right. Uh, but it, what you do is absolutely amazing <laughs> and hilarious. Mm -hmm. And that's why I said that you have single-handedly been one of the ones that saved the mental during uh, this this crazy year that we've got, we're still, you know, partly of it because right. what you do on TikTok, and, and I gotta admit it too, and my friends that I've been contacting, I'm like, you gotta follow this this guy. I mean, he's absolutely hilarious. You once upon a time you thought Camp Rock was all of that, but he takes it and he spices it up to his own niche and everything else, and it's hilarious how you. you do it. Um, <laughs> One, how did you come up with this idea of taking, I'm sorry to say it, don't get mad at me, Disney, Nickelodeon, all that, these cheesy shows back in the you know early 2000s, late 90s, 2000s, or these movies that we thought was all that, we saw like 10, 20, 40 times that we now look back at it like, oh my God, this is actually cheesy. You right. make it absolutely hilarious. <laughs> how did you come up with that idea and what made you, you know, start putting these videos out on TikTok? Yeah, it was, I mean, quarantine got I'm pretty sure a lot of people really got into social media and things like that more during mm -hmm. quarantine because it was like you could really focus on creating and you know having outlets to take your mind off of the crazy things that were going on in the world that you know like you said we're still partially a part of um, but when I first downloaded it I wasn't doing that I was mostly watching and creating funny videos here and there but there was a trend um, where it was picking at a certain, like a specific movie. Mm -hmm. I think it was, it was called Radio Rebel. It was, you know, with Debbie Ryan and it was early 2000s. So they were just picking fun at that one because they watched it and they were like, you know, the faces that they're making, the expressions, it's just, we didn't pick that up when we were younger. We thought mm -hmm. it was really cool and dramatic, but we watch it now. And it's like, I would laugh if I watched it and it's not really supposed to be funny. But, you know, so people were doing that. I did my spin on it, but people really liked mine and they started requesting different ones instead of just that specific one. They wanted mm -hmm. a new movie or new TV show every time. So my comments would be filled with requests. And, you know, um, basically what I do is just I show the scene and then I show myself reenacting it, whether it's, you know, 
what they're doing, if they're dancing, pretty funny, I'll do that, or facial expressions, monologues, whatever it is, like I will just recreate that and do that for whatever movie or TV show that people request. And I've been doing that for just over a year now. And my account has just grown and grown because it's kind of unique. Um, you know, I'd never seen people do it like that. Obviously, you know, you see parodies and Saturday Night Live. Yep, that's my channel. <laughs> Those that are watching on, on YouTube, I mean, he, <laughs> it is absolutely, I think my favorite that I've seen so far and I've been going through, my favorite is when you rec uh, recreate uh, Cher going out in that little mini white dress uh, <laughs> in the scene of uh, Clueless. Uh, yes. You know who is it? Who who designed your dress? Calvin Klein, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or who says who was it? Who said it's who said it's a dress? Calvin Klein, but her dress is like so super short. Yeah, and your spin on it is just absolutely hilarious. I mean, you have done like Teen Beach uh, movie. You've done mm -hmm. the Cheetah Girls. That's hilarious in itself. Um, the <laughs> Camp Rock, like I said. Um, yes. You know, popular. Radio Rebel. Yeah, Camp Rock, all of your spins on certain scenes. And I look back at this and I just, when I tell the people to follow it, and Abe was like, oh my God, one day I thought these were so cool and amazing. And then he comes along, and he ruins my childhood, but it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do it to myself too, because I watch it. And then I notice things that even I probably thought was really cool, like the dances and just everything else and you know it's just it's just really funny to do and you know no offense to disney nickelodeon because i would love to work with them mm -hmm. you can make fun of me if i'm ever on one of those movies and i look crazy but you know that's you know that's what i've been doing lately the ones that the one the things that trip me out charles is that you will get it close to what the person is wearing like to down to the wig yeah <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah i did high school musical and uh troy bolton you know he has brown hair and mm -hmm. you know it goes like that so i got that i get all my stuff you know costumes and everything and try to match the clothes just like that and that's really what sets me apart because there's a few that i've seen that also do what i do but i don't really think they go to the extent to really make it like a production and you know that's what i do you know whether it's an afro or you know a, a suit and tie like whatever i see in the scene i try my mm -hmm. best to duplicate it as closely as possible oh no i think it's absolutely great i mean let's give you an academy award or a, <laughs> a nickelodeon like the little blimp uh, award the kids or choice award <laughs> the kids choice award because they are absolutely hilarious and, and they're and they're fun to watch and you. Uh, you did a video i believe a month ago month and a half two months ago correct me if i'm wrong on growing your audience and grow you know marketing and branding yourself and i think a lot of people um around in that age bracket, if not, you know, older, around, you know, the teenage to like the mid twenties that think that they have an idea, a niche, um, something that they love to do. And you grew your audience uh, organically. And, and I would like you to share, you know, how you did that because there's so many people that have great ideas out there, but they're just kind of nervous to like record themselves on video or, you know, they're afraid of people saying some mean harsh stuff to them. I mean, you don't have 3.6 million followers on TikTok for no apparent reason, you know, 35,000 on Instagram um, and both verified accounts, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, um, that he has. So talk to the audience about and the listeners about how you grew your 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 following and some uh, ideas that they could take in, you know, someone that is wanting to be that next TikTok star or be that, you know, next Instagram or that Facebook or 
Twitter um, a celebrity in their own world, I should say. But, right. you know, have that core following like you have. Yeah, most definitely. I think the consistency and confidence is what you need the most. You know, there's there is always going to be something that people don't like about what you do, whether you're even making videos or not. Like, mm -hmm. you know, people are going to say crazy things online because they're not doing what you do. They don't have the confidence. But once you channel that from yourself and put that into your work and just really enjoy what you're doing, that's the very first step. And that can get you to, you know, creating more and feeling good about what you what you share. And, you know, just like, you know, like Nike says, you just do it. You just have to do it. You just have to put that to the side and say, well, this is what I really want to do. So whether I'm scared about it, whether I feel like people are going to say, you know, mean things about my content, I don't feel confident. Like you just have to get out there and do it and you'll be surprised because in my whole year of really growing and consistently posting, I have rarely seen any, you know, negative comments because what I do is positive. Um, and, you know, I probably just turn a blind eye to it. Like, I don't really just get worked up over little things that I might see online because, you know, you're not going to be everyone's favorite account or creator that they go to. And that's fine. You know, there's mm -hmm. thousands, millions, who, however many people that will enjoy your content other than the four or five people who have something to say negative. Right. So when it comes to, you know, building yourself and building your brand, you have to start with understanding that you're unique, what you do is special, and then just kind of really get your, make your own lane and stay in that. And, you know, people will follow and gravitate um, towards your positivity and the light that comes out of you, because, you know, what you make is it's yours and no one else can take that from you. Right, exactly. So now that you're verified in both of those accounts, what have you seen from your own brand? Have you been invited to like do some speaking? Have you been invited to certain things now that you have been verified in your accounts? And I've, you know, I might as well just say it too, soon you'll be verified in Twitter uh, because you know your platform is just so huge. What have you seen now that um, your audience is as large as it is have you done anything uh, outside of your social media on screen to go and help those that are wanting to take their social status to the next level? Yes, yes. There's plenty of opportunities that I have been blessed with, you know, receiving, whether that's even just interviews, um, you know, for an article or, uh, you know, I was just invited to an event in Dallas called Clamor Live, and it was just inviting a bunch of young adults who were creators and you know half of it was more networking but the other side of it was you know being on a main stage or doing meet and greets and giving advice to younger people who either want to be creators or just really want to know more about the behind the scenes of what you do so i was just on a panel about understanding your audience and how to create content that's great for you that also caters to your audience's wants and needs like listening to um, you know, their comments and taking feedback requests. So, you know, I, I'm really grateful for that because I'm not even doing this full time. I was mostly in rooms with people who were just creators, YouTubers, TikTokers who were doing it full time. That That's their job. They make money off of it, make a living. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, I think being that I just started a year ago, I'm still a college student um, running track 
and doing this, I'm in a very good position for, you know, later on in life when, you know, I'm just creating or doing other things because, you know, I can really focus on the things that I'm doing on social media and that hopefully that turns into acting and other things that I want to do. Um, but I've just been, you know, it's been a great experience and, you know, I'm nowhere near done and, you know, I'm here now talking to you. So that's, <laughs> that's a great experience. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, the, the pleasure is mine and I'm learning from you as well, because myself with this a year ago and celebrating my one year anniversary this month uh, in August, you know, I wanted to expand my brand and I wanted to, you know, continue to grow and develop this podcast show. And so these tips that you're giving right now is beneficial, not only to the audience that's listening, but to myself as well, uh, that wants to build on top of their brand and something, or they haven't even started yet and wanting to do so. So this is very good. Uh, what I want to, to ask you too, is the, the, the content that you put out. And like I said, it has been so amazing because the world is just absolutely crazy. You know that, I know that, and everything that's been happening. But at the same token too, we need that escape to just you know laugh and, and everything. And I think you do that so brilliantly as well. And I have said since my second episode of this podcast that mental health and mental health wellness will be discussed so openly on the show. And we saw so many of the athletes and your athlete as well that has to do whether, you know, publicly or privately deal with mental health and deal with their wellness and keeping it well. We see that, saw that with Naomi Osaka going public with it, right. Michael Phelps going public with it. Now as a spokesperson. And recently we saw Simone Biles withdraw. She didn't care about the medal count. She didn't care about, you know, her accolades and everything else. She focused on her mental health and wellness. And I applaud her for that. Um, and, and, and I mean, big round of applause for that, that right. she took the time and then came back and got a bronze uh, on the balance beam, you know, so I, 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 I love that she said that that medal meant more than all the other goals that she won because she was able to speak up and speak out about mental health and wellness. During the time that we were closed, Charles, and you did not have an opportunity to run, uh, you didn't have an opportunity to practice, you know, you, we were all basically trapped in our houses and somewhere right. safe uh, away from the things that we love to do, you know, you being running, traveling, and that sort of thing. How did you keep your, you know, your mental health healthy? What, mm -hmm. what were some things that you did or, you know, some advice that you would give somebody that's still dealing with it? Because like I said, we're not out of the woods in this pandemic yet. We're not, not even though, you know, the world is somewhat opened up, mm -hmm. but we're seeing, you know, cases continually rise uh, in certain states and certain areas. So what did you do uh, to keep your mental health well and keep it healthy? Right. I was actually asked this not too long ago at the event I was just at. And I think I had a different answer than a lot of other people because, you know, their breaks were kind of they since, like I said, they're um, kind of like full time creators. So they're always creating their mind is running, always thinking about what the next thing they can post or write about. And I'm the same way. There's times when, you know, we have ideas. I'm sure you have ideas all the time and you're like, I should really do this for you know, my next podcast or whatever you want to share with the world. So, but for me, social media and creating those videos was actually my escape because I had spent my whole life running and doing other, you know, my sports and school. And once the country shut down and I was just in my house, not able to do those things that I was doing for so long, I felt like I was able to breathe, you know, as much as 
you know, as much as you might love your job or love your sport, love school, when you really sit back and realize like, this is all I do, like this is all that I've been doing for so long, I haven't really taken a breath or a vacation in a long time, that can really take a toll on you. And then when it happens, it's like a breath of fresh air and you can kind of see things clearer. So that's why I started creating. And that was my outlet, just finding things that I really like to do. And, you know, I was blessed with many different talents and passions and hobbies. So when that got, you know, tiring of always creating videos, I made music or when that was, you know, too much, um, I would go on a walk. I walked with my mom a lot, you know, just outside getting fresh air. And, you know, that was just something that we would do and bond over. Um, and, you know, I'm still getting exercise, still, you know, being active, playing games on the Wii, like, you know, just dance or, you know, things like that, that keep you happy and active at the same time. So I really enjoyed doing that. So if there's anything that you can do to take your mind off of certain things, that's, you know, I very much suggest that because you're going to need that down the line, whether you're very busy now, you might be 10 times more busy in the future once you get higher up in what you want to do. Um, so just having those in the back of your mind, what you want to, you know, have as a creative outlet, that'll help because, you know, mental health is very important and it's very easy to get burnt out of your daily routine if you keep going for so long. Mm -hmm. That is so, that's, that's incredible that you said that because people need to realize that, uh, number one, if you're not okay, it's okay to admit that you're not. And, you know, you get, there's resources and people that I'm sure you had in your corner, you know, as well as I did and other people that are listening that, you know, to reach out to those people and don't deal with it on your own and don't keep it uh, suppressed inside. And that's why I applaud those that have that platform like Simone and Naomi and Michael Phelps and others as well that said, you know what, I'm not okay and I need help. And right. it's just it's just so imperative and so important that people grasp onto that, that they have that permission to admit when they're not okay. Yeah, yeah, that's very important, especially, I mean, even admitting to yourself, I have gone through times when I feel like you know, I'm just really, really working hard. And, you know, sometimes things aren't going to go the way that you plan it or want. Mm -hmm. um, and then you just, you know, you're kind of low because you don't really know what to do next or why you're even doing something because right. some things aren't going right. You might have a bad day mentally and just kind of feel, you know, just frazzled or on edge because you're just so overwhelmed with things that are going on. But, um, you know, admitting to yourself and admitting or, you know, saying it out loud and knowing that you are human and you can take those type of breaks without feeling guilty. That's, you know, once you realize that that goes a long way because mm -hmm. you can tend to feel guilty when you, you know, feel overwhelmed and want to take a break and step back. You know, I'm sure Simone, you know, and everyone at the Olympics who felt that way, like Naomi, like, you know, feeling that at the most intense competition probably of your career the mm -hmm. olympics and experiencing that you can either go and make things even worse mentally or you can you know understand that you know this is what it is um i can take this break no matter when it is mm -hmm. and not feel guilty about it because it's you know i need my mental health more than anything i gotta ask you too with all this amazing content that you put out and 
if y'all don't realize he he is a phenomenal singer absolutely phenomenal singer so we'll just throw a future grammy or, or grammy winner towards you right, right now too. Why not? <laughs> platinum, re- platinum recording selling artist <laughs> yes. um, with all the amazing content that you did create on tiktok a all the you know throwbacks and, and everything else and you know the 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 way that you recreated it. Has there been any of the people that you have met that were in those episodes or in those movies that now follow you on TikTok or, you know, you've met personally? Yes. I, I don't think I've met any of them personally, but you know, since everything is so, yeah, yet I I sure will soon. Um, (laughs) But since everything's so easily accessible and it just takes a few clicks and shares for it to get out to people, um, very often like things that I mean even Camp Rock Demi Lovato the main character um, you know has commented on one of my videos Selena Gomez I did one of you know Wizards of Waverly Place um, another movie she was in she commented on my video and Mm -hmm. you know just that that's one of the greatest things that has came out of this because at the very least they're watching it so Mm -hmm. who's to say they won't watch it and follow me and show whoever like their producer or agent and say like this guy is really funny this is what he did um of our show and I've, I've gotten I've gotten a few requests from people who are in certain movies that want me to do that movie um and oh, wow. you know, did, yeah that that actually happened two or three times since I've been doing this um there's a show called Outer Banks and one of the main characters from there commented last year when I was first starting. So that was one of the first times that that happened. And she said, you know, I'm I'm waiting for my show, like patiently waiting. And I did it. And, you know, it was just it was one of my very successful videos. And that happened again um, this year when I was doing the Descendants series, which mm-hmm. is another it's one of the newer Disney movies kind of right after I stopped watching the those movies you know I didn't grow up on that one so I I didn't I've never seen it before Mm -hmm. so I I did it because my general audience was requesting it um but then you know I took a little break and I came back and I saw that another character from that movie was like part three can you post part three like Mm -hmm. I need more and they follow me and you know that's just really cool because they're seeing all of my content I see them liking videos that have nothing to do with their show or movie. So it's a it's a really cool thing to know that, you know, I'm just doing this for fun. Right. And people are watching this. Celebrities and other actors are just really enjoying my content because I like that. I like being the escape and the, you know, what people want to see, even for no matter how big you are, I want to be that person that you can watch and enjoy. And, and it's so good. I got to ask you how... Do you edit those? Because people out there that is not that are not good at technology. <laughs> <laughs> I raise my hand for those that are not watching. How do how do you the editing process? Like, do you edit your own stuff? And if so, how long does it take you to edit uh, each of your little videos? Yeah, I do edit my own videos, and this goes back to middle school. I I knew I wanted to do something with YouTube or making videos for a very long time. And I used to edit my videos on certain apps like iMovie and, you know, um, but now that I'm doing TikToks and I think iMovie only lets you make horizontal videos. So Mm -hmm. TikTok is vertical. So I had to 
abandoned that app that I'd used for so long. And I found another app. It's called InShot. And that works with everything. It's just on your phone. You can make YouTube videos, TikTok, and it just makes the ratio to whatever um, platform you want to share it on. So I'll usually film, depending on how many scenes from the movie, because if it's a really, if it's a good one, I'll have a lot of scenes from it. And that might take a while. You know, there's some that I just might need one part um, and that won't take very long. But if it's a lot, I might spend a whole hour just filming different scenes, you know, because I change clothes and do different takes and just try to get the the perfect, um, you know, whole picture. So I do that. And then uh, editing would only take about 20 minutes. Um, It doesn't take too long to edit more than it does filming, because now that I'm so used to just, you know, clipping the videos and adding voiceovers, it just comes naturally at that point. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do that and I do it all myself. Um, I was talking to some people recently and they were like, you know, I need I need an intern to edit my videos or set up lights or something like that, because, you know, I'm doing this all by myself. And a lot of people are. I mean, Mm-hmm. it's you know kudos to those people who are creating and it would look like, like it was a whole production but it's really just them taking the time to set up the lights set up the cameras and just you know doing it themselves walking to press record and walking back so that's what I do um and you know I, I have done it very well so far so I, I just really think that you know it's it's cool to do that when you can um just do it yourself and it's pretty easy to do I mean, yours look absolutely amazing. So I'll be, I'll be, trust me, I'll be taking lessons from you and texting you like, okay, well, I'm getting ready to edit my first video and I'm having yeah. heart palpitations. How do I do this? Cause I, your, your, your videos are absolutely flawless and they're, and they're absolutely funny and they're just epically good. They're epically good. Before I let you go, uh, I always ask this with all of my guests, um, you know, coming off of the 2020 year, very difficult. Uh, we are more than halfway done with the 2021, soon to be 2022. Um, what is your hope for this year, for the remaining of this year? What would you like to accomplish before this year is done? Well, for one, I mean, just as a whole, for everybody, I want to see the end of this crazy pandemic soon. I don't know, you know, you can't tell when things will get back to normal, even though, you know, the new norm, it's not going to be how it used to be, but, you know, it's still going into this next school year. For me, it's just still very, there's a lot of uncertainty and that's kind of um, nerve wracking to think about, you know, every once in a while there's new cases and variants. So, you know, just staying healthy with my family, that's the main priority and hope and prayer that I have for this year. But as far as like accomplishments, I want to, um, you know, finish school strong, 4.0 GPA. I've been trying to get that, been very close a few times. And I've actually gotten a 4.0 once before, but, you know, um, I'm really just hoping to do that with my new classes and um, study hard, finish out strong and run run well. And then, you know, I, I just want to be invited to events and keep inspiring people and speaking and collaborating, meeting new people, because those connections last a lifetime. And I've already made a few that, you know, I can depend on and call on when I need advice or help. And, you know, when I go out of town, I have those connections to say, hey, let's work on something, let's collaborate, or you can, you know, I can show you around or you can show me around. Um, So, you know, just continuing to make those those moves and connections and continue to create, um, 
keep sharing my content with the world and growing my followers and fan base and just, you know, make it an overall household name that people know that this is what I do. This is who I am and just doing it all. Like, I don't want to just do one thing. I want to use all my passions and talents and just run with it. Literally run with it because you are, (laughs) you, you are, how can people follow you, sir? I'm on everything. I'm on TikTok. On uh, it's the only CB3. That's my username. Instagram uh, C.B.3. YouTube, my name Charles Brockman the third, and also Twitter at the only Charles B. So those are my handles. Um, I post almost everywhere consistently. I'm working on YouTube. Uh, I took a little break from YouTube, but once I get back into my apartment, I'm going to have a studio room with my lights and everything, and I'll be more consistent there. But you can count on me posting on TikTok and Instagram almost every day, new funny content. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And I really enjoyed being here today. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on. This was, you dropped a lot of great gems for those that are wanting to broaden their social media platform or start on their social media uh, platforms. You gave some very, very valuable information and I learned from it as well. While you was talking, I kept looking over here. That's because I was writing uh, <laughs> some of the stuff that you were saying. So I definitely going to be looking back onto this video as well as this episode that drops on the podcast. So Charles, thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Can't wait to see you. All right. Can't wait to see you too. Uh, As I always end the show, Heard That Nation, take care, stay safe. We out. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know now, you know all you ever gotta say is Look all you ever gotta say is Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at HeardThatWithMarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast, on Twitter at LovelyMarisaT, as well as Facebook on a social media page, Heard That With Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know now, you know all you ever gotta say is Look all you ever gotta say is